Welcome to H&L Productions podcast with Hudson Dickhouse and Lenny Lindhorst. And uh, hold on to your seats. This is going to be a wild ride. Yeah, this is the, the long-awaited premiere. I've been excited for this. You know, looking forward to it. Mentioning it in every other class. Hey, we start recording this week. We start recording this week. You know, it's, it's exciting having a microphone in front of us, looking at the, the audio clip as I, I get loud and, and quiet. You know, you get to watch the thing move up. Got a couple different articles pulled up, and we're going to start talking. Uh, uh, I have We have a couple different topics, too, yeah. I think, uh, off the top of our heads that we really want to talk about. And that's secret organizations and, <laughs> and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and their letter and the response to the nomination of Kentaji Jackson Brown. It's Katanji. That's what I said. You said Kentaji, which is the same way you typed it out in Snapchat when you retyped it. Anji? Kentanji? It's Katanji. No, how about she goes back to Nigeria or wherever country fought? <laughs> <laughs> no, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> still uh, Charlie, we would really appreciate it if you edited that bit out. Uh, we don't want to sound racist or anything. And- I want to say start, and once I say start, you can probably edit out the start bit, but that's when we start recording again. Wait, okay? I, I think he can figure it out. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I don't want to, like, leave it up to chance, you know, as, as, as intelligent as he is. I'm an idiot, and, you know, I don't want to fuck something up on my end and then make it... Look at what you... Okay. Three, <laughs> it, two, one, start. It's Katanji Brown Jackson. Okay, thank you. I appreciate Kit it. on Johnny. Anyway, they wrote an open letter to Joe Biden about her. Say, claiming that like it, I'll read I'll read that later. But. Hold on. So what is, what exactly is the Southern Christian Christian? Uh, it's an organization conference. started by Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. Martin Luther King, Reverend okay. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and um, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Reverend Doctor Doctor Reverend yeah, No whatever anyway um, <laughs> and it was started uh, with the goal of spreading civil rights and you know enabling the votes and ending segregation all these other things yeah all that well it's good still stuff. an organization that's still around granted um, they don't do anything um, not for the most part but um, this is the letter that they sent to uh, President Biden <clears throat> dear President Biden as you seek a new Supreme Court justice the members of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference SCLC Right to urge your support for right to urge your support for a jurist who believes in the efficacies of the civil rights movement. While we commend your commitment to appointing a black woman, there are some serious concerns that we want to bring to your attention regarding suggested candidates. African American f- female jurists exist along a multitude of political spectrums, some of which include ideals abhorrent to the men and women of all races who fought for the equal rights in the United States of America. We need an African-American female jurist committed to social justice and equality under the law. A Supreme Court justice nominee should possess a record that demonstrates the requisite understanding of our turbulent past and vestiges remaining in the present and the appropriate legal solutions. A few examples of issues that the SCLC finds salient to our current directives and fairness to all Americans in oppressed circumstances. A racial discrimination is on the rise. In the 50-plus years since Dr. King created the Poor People's Campaign, the plight of African Americans has not improved, and in many areas is worse than in 1968. In the past year alone, the SCLC has been fighting in Cleveland to assure that Sherwin Williams uses black contractors to construct its $1 billion facility. Additionally, we have been fighting back against the onslaught of anti-affirmative action lawsuits. Voting rights over the past decade... Voting rights. Over the past decade, SCLC has been issuing a siren call on the diminishing voting protections due to the failure to continue the oversight of southern states, incarceration of black uh, minority citizens without due process. In short, we do not need representation on the court that does not fit the needs of the people. To quote Dr. King, we need someone committed to the bending arc of history towards justice. Sincerely, Dr. Charles Steele, Jr. Doctor, and Jr. Dr. Bernard Lafayette. Okay, let me read this bit here. A Supreme Court justice nominee should possess a record that demonstrates the requisite understanding of our turbulent past and vestiges remaining in the present and the appropriate legal solutions. That is the polite and smarty pants way of saying she doesn't represent us. We don't want to associate (laughs) with this woman, okay? Like, there's, it's like, it's like the most polite and like passive aggressive, like, hey, please stop. (laughs) And they're not Please even don't like. Don't let this person be us. Exactly. And it's not even like they're like super conservative. Like they're 
very they're fervently pro affirmative action and they're they're trying to make sure that Sherwin Williams, a paint company, uses black contractors for its billion dollar facility and like they're doing all these crazy things trying to yeah. you know, advance black people. You know, they're a very liberal organization. But even there, like, get this woman away from us. She does not represent our, our needs nor our wishes. She just happens to look like us. Which I, I find very comical. Why? It's because, just a bad judge. You no, know, it's it's a bad president doing something. He's like, oh, I see, I'm like you guys. I'm, I'm the cool and hip, and look, it's a black woman, and you guys like her. And they're like, no. <laughs> black people aren't all the same. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, they come out outright and say it. Hold up. Let me, let me look at this bit real quick. I'm just scanning through this one more time because oh, African American female jurists exist along a long multitude of political spectrums. Meaning, <laughs> whew, almost almost said the M word there. Uh, apologize. Edit that bit out, please. <laughs> Start. Um, that is the polite way of saying. Just because we look the same doesn't mean we are the same. They over yeah. here point fingers like we're not associated with you. Everything that she does, we don't want any part of. Okay, we're just going to step away from her. Now, this I I feel like I know where you're going with this. You do. You're you're you're. Letty has told me many times about the Democratic Party's underlying racism. It's it's. I think it's it's outright. Outright. Yes, outright. I mean, look at look at uh, Joe Biden and everything that he did, right? Like, uh, he's still doing it. I mean, yeah, he's still doing it. But like in the 1970s, when he was still just a senator, right? He fought fervently, fought in the 1970s, uh, busing integration. So basically, getting black kids buses to white schools and white kids buses to black schools. He said that you can't just force these people to integrate. You can't force these to do that. If they want to stay at their school, you can't. You can't make it. You can't make it any easier for black kids to go to white schools. It's not okay. He's like, listen, you can't forcefully integrate these people. And they're like, I just want to go to a good school. And he's like, no, get away from me. There's even, I can't remember where I saw this quote, but I know for a fact he said it. It's, um, black people are like cockroaches. Once you let them into our school, they'll never leave. Now tell me if, tell me that ain't some crazy sh stuff to hear. Like, I don't know, I think, I think that's a little out there. I, think that's a little I, I know what you're saying. Shoot. Although I do also think that there is such a thing as people changing now i know that sounds bad at first but let's look at it from the opposite perspective yeah back in the 90s trump was an ad avid follower of ross perot ross perot yeah who's that or uh, what is that he was one of the runners for the 1992 election he was he was a part of a third party oh, basically yeah. he was super rich and he, he opposed <laughs> bill clinton and he was more popular than the Republican, if I remember correctly. That's sad. There was actually a huge chance of him winning. Um, basically, all, all we need for a third-party election is big money. Because <laughs> he, yep. with all of his crazy amounts of capital, he just... Well, I mean, that's the thing. is I don't think there will ever be three parties, okay? Because that doesn't go against what... The secret societies oh want. Is this and a this segue? Is a, this is a segue. Are you yes. segueing? Right well, now? I mean, I I couldn't find the right proper place to put it in. We're gonna we're gonna what go back to Kentucky Jackson soon, but I really want to talk about this. You've heard of the Freemasons, right? Yes. For all those who who don't know who the Freemasons are, they're a everybody knows who the Freemasons are. Everybody had to read the Cask of Amontillado in school. Well, no, this is different though. This is this is unique because this is real. Of course it okay, is. Okay, so the really interesting thing. Hold on, let me look this up real quick. But how many, how many presidents were Freemasons? <laughs> the founding fathers were Freemasons. The whole creation of America's Illuminati plot. Sure. There were fourteen presidents. Um, there were all Freemasons and. Granted, 31% of those were... Since the office was established, 45 persons have served as the President of the United States. Around 31% of those are known to have been Freemasons. Beginning with the nation's first president, George Washington, and the most recent president, Gerald R. Ford. Okay, now, the, the Freemasons was a secret organization founded by the Founding Fathers, um, and it, it helped direct a lot of the resources and everything that happened... Um, for the Revolutionary War, right? 
And so that was one of the kind of the driving forces. So like you see figures like Thomas Jefferson was a Freemason. Um, I think Benjamin Franklin was, and George Washington was a confirmed um, Freemason. And so this party, I mean, not even a party, this organization, right? And they're still around to this day. They have like they're yeah. they're open with their existence now. Um, but um, they had a lot of sway. They had a lot of money, and they had a lot of power, and they used that. And I mean, they might not be as transparent with it now. I mean, it's entirely possible that that they aren't powerful anymore. But I think you should also consider the alternative that they are, and they're just hidden. Yeah. Yeah. I think what it is is that it's a it's a club for it's it's wine and tea club for rich rich people. Well, I mean, that's the thing though is like it was founded for the specific purpose of like moving along the Revolutionary War, and then it stayed around. Right, and then it, it used its resources as it found fit, and it put two of the, I think, two of the most important presidents into power, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, because yeah. George Washington helped found the country, and Thomas Jefferson um, made the Louisiana Purchase, doubling the size of America. Yeah, but I mean, what about when, Polk? Hmm? What about Polk? Polk? Yeah. Uh, James Polk? Yeah. I don't. I don't know much about him. Added the most amount of land to the thing. To the whole thing. He was president during the Mexican-American War. Oh, okay, okay. I just had to leave you <laughs> hanging for a second. Come on, there. come on. <laughs> you don't have to make me look like an idiot, man. No, <laughs> I, I need people to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then and then um, there's other organizations that have been outright right that, that we know for sure existed, right? Um, you it's look not really at a secret organization, is it then? Well, I mean, the things that they're doing are secret. Um, their, their presence is hidden. You know, they hide within plain sight. And that's part of what makes them a secret organization is that they hold sway. And we don't see how they hold sway. You see, Lenny, I think... Well, normally with this kind of thing, I would say you need to prove something's existence before you disprove its existence. But... You have said that they're outright in the fact that they're they exist. Mm -hmm. Then what do they say? What 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 do they claim to do? What do they claim to be? Uh, I don't know if you could look it up though. What do? But they have bases all around the uh, America, and they're a purely patriarchal uh, club, which means yeah. men only. Which there's probably some gay stuff going on in there, if we're being honest, right? Yeah. I mean, like, is this an all dudes club? You're telling me that there's no initiation trials or whatever? <laughs> they definitely grabbed a 14 year old and were like, "Hey, bud, you want to join the club?" Yeah. He's like, "Do I get to be famous and important?" He's like, "We'll make you the president." <laughs> That's exactly how Gerald, <laughs> Gerald Ford, Ford became president. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, Freemason. Freemasons are a social and philanthropic organization meant to make its members lead more virtuous and socially oriented lives. Okay, so... That sounds like Wine and Tea Club to me. No, that sounds like some BS that they made up on the spot so that way people would leave them alone. Okay, listen, just to give a point of reference for how significant this organization is, the most recent um, member, open member, is Gerald Ford, and he was a president in 2000 from... He was born in 2000. 2000. Hold on. He was in the uh, the, the early seven, late seventies, early eighties. He was pre he was succeeded by. Reagan. He took pre he took office in nineteen seventy four and died as recently as two thousand and six. And it's like, you, you think, oh, this organization from the seventeen hundreds or whatever. There's no way they could be a, a significant force in American politics today. But they just recently put a president in his office. You think they put him into. In office. They helped fund his campaign, and I think that plays a large role in, you know, anybody becoming, you know, That's president. Because, I mean, if you don't, you can have... possible, Lenny. You, have, you can have all the good intentions in the world, right? But if you have the money to do it, then they're not going to help you push you in office. And that's the thing. I think that's why there's only two parties, right? And that's why you're seeing such polarization is because... I'm like, you look at Europe, and there's like 50 different parties all vying for control and for power and everything. I mean, India's got like three different communist parties all exactly. on its own. But America has two parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. And while that makes sense, you know, like it's you want you want your party to be as strong as possible, that also means that it's easier to control. That's part of um one of Karl Marx talks about this in his in his uh in the communist uh in his communist manifesto, where he, he's talking about you need to bring all of these companies or whatever and merge them into a single company because it's easier to control that way. Yeah. If you only have two parties to worry about, that means you have two sides that hate each other. 
You know, whether they actually do or don't, you have two publics at least, two half of, of the overall country that are constantly fighting each other. I mean, uh, when, when Trump was president and, you know, everything was going on with the, the, after George Floyd died, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, yeah, this is the end of America. There's going to be a civil war. Like, <laughs> I mean, granted, I'm not one of those people, although if, if one were to break out, man, I, I'd, have, I'd, I'd have a fun time, man. I don't want to sound like somebody's great-granddad who served in, like, the Spanish-American War, but it's just those dang reactionaries. Well, I mean, honest, right? Like, you... you like, um, it's what's wrong with ex- America. Exactly. It's the news. It's it's the press. Well, that's the, the press thing. is it's the the press is what's wrong with America now because the press isn't the press anymore. It's the keyboard. It's the enter key as you close your Word doc. It's because it's far too easy. It's far too the internet internet news has become. There's, there's no consequences to making a dumb, unintelligent, un, not backed up by sources, even outright lying article. Okay, I'll, I'm going to read from this real quick. All right. Businessinsider.com. These six corporations control 90% of the media in America, as far as, like, newspapers, news uh, channels, and all those other things. 90% of, of all media, of all output media belongs to six companies six mega corporations yep. and you're telling me that they don't have a, a large you know they don't ever get together and, and decide who they want in office i mean not to say that there aren't no listen listen when you hold that much power over the flow of information it makes things really easy to control which is why you're seeing these 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 mass information campaigns on on twitter or on instagram right where it's oh this person's misinformative and like the former president of the United States of America got kicked off of Twitter, and he can't get back on. <laughs> they hold more power than a former president, right? Than the former leader of the, of the free world. That's a good thing. I mean, no. The former president should have when a single corporation, zero power. When a single corporation holds more power than the government, that's not a good thing. The former president is not... Oh, well, he was the president. No, he, well, he was the president at the time. But exactly. he was in a private institution. They have every right to kick him off of a private institution. Well, here's the thing, though: is like where. So, if you can control, if you can control the flow of information, right? Um, is that morally like okay, right? So, like, I think we can morally agree that like Twitter censoring everybody they disagree with is is a moral bad, right? It is. But, okay. But hold on, hold on. It is there constitution given right to do so okay but what about an individual's uh right to free speech i mean why should a company be able to infringe upon that uh because that company twitter the the domain twitter is essentially private property and so if it was a public owned institution this would be worse this wouldn't be allowed though right mm-hmm. if, okay if you go on so to, what i'm saying though is like you can when protest you can control- on usajobs.gov all you want, but... Well, I mean, that's the thing, is that they control 90% of the... I mean, not, uh, that's an exaggeration, obviously. It's hard probably, but they control most of the, the, the flow of information. And so when they chew, pick and choose what gets to be said and what, what, what is put out there, when does that become meddling with an American campaign, right? Like, look at, look at uh, Donald Trump's presidency, right? Yeah. Russia spent, like, maybe 100000 a couple of $100,000, right, on, on ads on Facebook. Yeah. And that was considered Russian meddling. But you have this multi-billion dollar conglomeration banning the, the Republican presidents that they disagree with or any conservative presidents they disagree with. And, and, that, and, then, and, and nothing happens. Nothing results of it. The difference there is that, first off, via the 2010, whatever it was called, court decision, corporations count as people. So that's a private citizen, a, a citizen of the United States just doing whatever the, the heck they want with their own stuff. And why do you think the Supreme Court gave them that ability? Because the because Supreme Court secret is society Republicans. It's a secret society. Republicans, no, right? No, it's a secret society. Republic, okay? the Republicans is my, is my is belief of big business, that, that some, some, which some, automatically makes it anti-citizens. Okay. okay, listen. 
because big business just wants to make money. Exactly. Now they have every right to do that. Except we have a duty to keep the average American safe. Exactly. And no, I, I'm back to my point oh, that sorry, I was making sorry. earlier when when the Russians spend a hundred thousand dollars, right? No, no, I, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I forgot them. to finish my rebuttal uh, to that. Okay. I got off track. No, if if I may finish though. Okay, it, okay. It just repose the question, right? They spend a hundred thousand dollars on on campaign ads for the, the the president of America, and they try to impeach him for a foreign government doing that, right? Yeah. They try to impeach him, but then a multi-billion-dollar corporation does the exact same thing, and that's not and that's okay. But uh, a government, a different government, right? A different private entity. Um, that's not a private entity. That's a government. Yeah, it's it's controlled all by Putin, though. I mean, that's well, true. The Russia's in a dictator. The entire country. economy is controlled by Putin. Exactly. No, but you, what's the difference between one and the other? The difference. Is I mean, they that both have goals. They both have candidates that they want to support their own claims. So, what's the difference between the two? The difference is that one is an American citizen, with air quotes, considering there's no camera in here. Yeah. And the other is a foreign government with its own agenda. Well, both sides have their own agenda. The only difference is we don't care what American citizens do if they're trying to support someone in an election. But then you look at the Clintons, though, and um, 90% of their funds come from Ukrainian oligarchs. That's bad. Yeah, but it's okay. It's legal. Like, it's, it's public information, and nothing bad happens to them. Like, there's no protests. There's no them getting kicked off of Twitter, right? So, I mean, there's not, like, there's no record of When did of you learn foreign... that? Hold on, I'll look it up. When did you learn that? Uh, I was watching the podcast. It's news information. Michael Lewis. Check him out sometime. So, the problem there is how many people knew that? Uh, oh, wait, wait. Say, hold on. Ukrainian oligarchs. Oligarchs, yeah. Oligarchs. Like olives. Oligarchs. 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 Like you're, like the, like the doctor is shoving a stick down your throat. Oligarchs. Ah. Those are just those are just people too. But I mean, if what it is was the Ukrainian government? Bam, that ain't okay. But I mean, okay. So you said earlier that the the Supreme Court decided that corporations were were were, were large citizens, right? Yeah. And they were recognized by by uh, American government as having all the rights of an American citizen, right? Yes. Okay. And the people donating to Hillary Clinton's campaigns are all individuals, right? Yeah. Um, um, people, individual people that are giving money to to the Hillary Clinton's campaign yes. because they agree with what she's put, whatever message she's putting. Yes, correct? and they can do okay. that on the stipulation that Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton, whichever one it was, um, has to put whatever bills or laws in into effect as best they can because of the dang Republicans again. Okay, but. You look at the Russian government, how is the Russian government, you know, acting as a single entity, right? Yeah. How is that any different from the Ukrainians funding, uh, sending money towards the Clintons, to the Clintons? Because it's a government. But you just said earlier that corporations are represented as, as individuals. Why not foreign governments? Because they're foreign governments. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so because basically there's, there's no logical There is a logical just, thing there. A corporation and a government are not the same. I know, but they have similar goals. They're trying to push their own agendas. That's ultimately the purpose of any, trying to make any institution. One, especially the Russian government, will probably, probably be trying to weaken us, strengthen us for some reason. Maybe it's Canada, UK, whatever, Germany. Do something to us for a political, geopolitical reason rather than a company which is just trying to make more money. Unless we go back to the secret societies here and like the Ukrainian oligarchs are lobbying for war with Russia or something so that they can get juicy access to fields that Putin cut them off from. No, here's the thing though. Is I think wholeheartedly that when you control, like it's like the common area, right? Like, if I were to walk outside into public property right now and start screaming my opinions, right, nobody could stop me. 
Nobody. Because I have the First Amendment. The First Amendment. And if someone tries to violate that, I have the Second Amendment. Yep. As soon as but you walk into someone's house... That's different. That's different. You are subject to whatever rules as long as they don't break the law. No, it's, I can... That's the thing, though, is that... <clears throat> um, what I'm trying to say is that when... The, like, as the... the, as the like, okay... So the Second Amendment applies to, to modern weapons, right? Yeah. The Fourth Amendment applies to, to online tracking and, and staring through compu- people's cameras and stuff like that, like it's supposed to, right? I don't like remember what the police can't mean. look through your, your stuff without a warrant first, right? Yes. So the, all of these things apply to modern situations. Why not the First Amendment? It does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Because Twitter is like the public space now. Everybody has access. No, it is not. Everybody has access to it, though, right? Everybody has everybody access who wants to, to get access to Jimmy's it. party as well. No, here's the, here's the thing. I'm actually to say not everybody has if, access. If I may go Clearly, Trump doesn't have access. Okay, but here's the thing: is it's, it's a public. It's 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 operating under the guise of a public informa- uh public uh, information service, right? No. Yes, it, it is. It's EULA. I bet you fifty dollars right now. This is a private domain. We can kick you off for whatever we want. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that as time has evolved, right, if they can control most of the information, if that's where most of the majority of people go, that's what I'm trying to say, is the, if the majority of the people go there to spread their information and their news, right, then that means that the people, right, that's that's where the majority of the people go. That becomes the common area. It does That's not. where everybody congregates to spread information. It and so not. why should the First Amendment apply to... To, to only the physical, why should the uh, uh, First Amendment not apply to, 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 um... Because that is private property. No, it's, where's the property, though? What? Where's the property, though? Like, it's not like they're walking into the domain, right? twitter.com. I know, but even, even, like, say they started freaking Perler. Remember that? It was supposed to be, like, the, the redneck, I mean, the conservative version of, of Twitter. <laughs> I mean, it is basically redneck Twitter. But, you know what happened? What? Uh... Six right off the bat, Apple, Google, the Washington, uh, Jeff, Amazon, I think, uh, all of these different online services refuse to let individuals download it off of their services. Yeah. You know what percent of of, of people use Google? Most. Oh. It's uh, like I I I got web page design. We looked at it. It's something like ninety five percent on desktop. Yeah, I think it's I think it's ninety one point nine percent. Yeah. So they can control what you see and what you do not see. They can control 91% of what people do and do not that see. That is not the government's fault, all right? <laughs> I know, but what I'm saying, though, is that it oper- if, if we don't handle, like, monopolies and all these other things, they become a pseudo-government, what right? Needs to- and they operate under the, under the same uh, guise as a dictatorship because ultimately there's a few, select few, have power, and they hold all the power, and they decide what happens and what does not happen. And what I'm trying to say is that if that were to happen, right, if these individuals hold too much power, they become a threat to democracy. And that is why Teddy Roosevelt busted Standard Oil. Like, there are, there are precedents for these types of things. Yeah. And so when Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook, these three corporations holding all this sway over public information, right, it is a danger to society. And if uh, people cannot uh, properly represent themselves, then they need to be treated as a hostile monopoly in the same manner that Standard Oil was. I mean, Standard Oil is, is, a, is a private organization, and they can do whatever they want with their own corporation. But they were still busted by the American government. Why? Because even then, they understood the dangers of a single corporation holding too much power. There's, and that is what we are seeing now. We are not seeing that. We are seeing three competing corporations. Checkmate. Are we really? Are, oh, okay, well, even then. Checkmate. No, no. Unless you're trying no. to connect this together with the Freemasons. Well, I mean, let's say, like, hypothetically, they aren't competing, right? Why, why do you think that... Um, if they aren't competing, they would just consolidate together. Who's to say that they don't? I mean, we could totally get into I that, do. but I want to keep my, I I right wanna keep my okay, argument okay, okay, logical keep, for now. Keep going, keep going. And then we'll dive into the secret society, because I really want to win this argument. Um, <laughs> what was I saying, though? They're all three competing organizations, right? Let's assume that they're not competing. No. Um, That's what you Let's said. assume that they are competing, right? Okay. Let's make the assumption that they are competing, even though it's probably a false proposition, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, that still, right? Shoot, uh, my point. I'm losing it, and my throat's fucking sore. 
Oh, edit that out, Charlie, please, and thank you. We love you. I've, I've been keeping it together so far, though. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. And edit out this long silence while I give myself time to think. Yeah. This chuckle fuck can't keep it together. Yeah. Although I, I was starting to make a pretty good point, though, wasn't I, with the standard oil thing? It sounded like you were. Okay. Well, I mean, you weren't, because it's three corporations. Well, I mean, the point of a n- monopoly is that there's only one. Or at least I, only one controlling most of it. Well, I mean, even... No, then, like, monopolies can uh, pertain to large groups of people, right? So, like, that's the thing is, like, even after Standard Oil was, like, dissolved into, like, different conglomerates or whatever, those conglomerates were worked together, right? Yeah. And despite being uh, supposedly competing individuals or companies or corporations, they would work together in order to, indivi- to benefit all of them. Yeah. So... I think it wouldn't be logical to say that these three individuals have come together, right, to, to, to a conclusion that benefits all of them, right? I think I know what you're saying. Because now if, if one of them goes out, right, and does one something, and they're the only one benefiting, then all of a sudden these other two corporations are left at, at a standstill. And plus, I think if you look at the, the political culture, culture of, of Twitter, of Instagram, of Google, they all are very similar in in the way that they are arranged and and the way that they they operate. I think that last point is simply due to the fact that that is what's trending right now, essentially. What what is? Those uh, left-leaning views. Well, I mean, that plays a role in their cooperation, right? They obviously aren't cooperating with Perler. You can't even download it anywhere anymore. I mean, if you wanted to download it, you have to use Internet Explorer. And even then, Bill Gates is, used to be working uh, for Epstein, right? <laughs> no, that's an actual fact. He had dinner with him on multiple occasions. And if you ever, you can watch an interview of him, like this lady, this, I think it was on BBC News. He, re- he just repeated the exact same point. He's like, I ate dinner with him. We never did anything else. I regret it all so much. <laughs> and uh, I wish I'd come to my senses sooner. He was a bad guy. All we did was eat together. Like, he clearly fucked a five-year-old. Edit that out. <laughs> Edit that out, please. Um, again, Charlie. <laughs> okay. Five-year-old. <laughs> no, he clearly he clearly saw a five-year-old and and on, and couldn't on. keep his fingers to himself. His sticky little slimy cracker mitts. hands. Cracker. Oh wait, all right. So, Lenny, what time? Well, how much time are we at? Uh, we are at thirty-two minutes. Thirty-two minutes. Sixty all right. seconds. So I think we should just wrap this one up. Okay. Or do you want to Hold keep on. going for the hour? Let's let's finish. Yeah, let's go for an hour. Okay, okay. let's go for an hour. Woo! Okay. Um, I think that since they all have similar goals, right? Yeah. That they could, it would be beneficial, and they understand it would be beneficial for all of them to keep their like. Look at Europe, right? Like the balance of power type situation. If any one country got too powerful, then other countries would snap them down, right? Yeah. That happened. Helsinki after. conference. Exactly. Well, we're, why wouldn't we see that with corporations? If all three of them stand to benefit, this is like a safety net, right? Like, I they've gotten too comfortable with being at the top and not the idea of them losing that all is dangerous, and it scares them. And so they've come to agreements on how to operate in order to keep any one of them from becoming too powerful. Yes. But at the same time, they're all very powerful, and when they all have similar goals, and they're all operating together or, or under similar guidelines, then you see ultimately the same result. So why shouldn't so, we, we treat these three organizations controlling most of the information because we don't online have information proof. out there? Well, I mean, we do have proof. 91.9% of the market. I mean, it might not be 100%, that's for, but that's a, damn mono- that's a damn monopoly right there. That's for, well, that's for search engines. Bleep out damn, please, Charlie. We fucking love you, man. You're amazing. <laughs> like, just at any point, feel free to give me a big, fat schlop. Anyway. I <laughs> <laughs> schlop. Just slap me in my slap. Okay, but that is a monopoly. I mean, Standard Oil didn't control 100% of all the oil, but I mean, it was big enough that it was a problem. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, it's below 10 Google search statistics you need to know. No, I know Uh, know that. In fact, as of January 2022, Google holds 91.9%. Don't worry, I know know exactly. Well, not exactly, but and you know, I know what, what you're talking about. When you control 91% of what everybody sees, guess what, and it's all, it's all held by a single corporation, guess what is, becomes incredibly easy? I point back to Karl Marx and his Communist Manifesto. It becomes incredibly easy to control. 
because now all of this power is in the hand of a single corporation. If you control that corporation, you control 91.9% .9 of the market. It wouldn't be far-fetched to say that, that there are some individuals on there with sticky fingers, right? Look at Epstein, right? Nobody believed that, that he was doing anything, but he was a billionaire. He had the he was on he had the he had the payroll he was on the payroll of no he was getting paid by by millions of, of politicians all and all sorts of other elite figures right and who who since who, since he killed himself besides Jelaine Maxwell his obvious accomplice who else has been uh, uh, prosecuted for 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 clearly getting their their fingers sticky right no one I don't know no one not a single person has been successfully charged. Not even the Clintons. And they were very clearly 21 different flights with the, the, the same guy. And the, as it turns out, the guy has an entire island dedicated just to pedophilia. And Bill Clinton isn't in jail? Give me a break. Give me a break. I might be stupid. I might be an idiot. That's entirely possible. But I think that we can look at that. We can look at the fact that Epstein was... The, the, the Clintons were clearly sucking up to Epstein and to some five-year-olds. And... <laughs> And operate under the knowledge that there are some Wait, powerful figures. You're gonna have to cut that there. out again. What? Quit. You said five-year-olds sucking oh, up yeah. to some five-year-olds. That's. Does does bleep out five? No. And then that way they just can't get rid of this whole convert. Not okay. conversation. That's the whole podcast. But uh, you know what we're saying. Well, stop. Cut out the beginning of the tangent and the end of the tangent, and then let the bit that I'm about to say stand. Okay, so. I'm going to pause for a second and then go. Clearly, the Clintons were on the payroll or, or whatever. I think that's the saying is the payroll of, of Epstein. And they clearly haven't been charged. They went to court and you didn't see it on any public broadcasting service. Yeah. Because they don't want people to know. I mean, it's I mean when Google controls 91.9% of me you don't all, get all people... From PBS? <laughs> PBS Kids Family Night. No, when Google holds ninety-one <laughs> controls what ninety-one percent of all people see, it's not that hard to keep people from seeing things. So I don't think it would be out of the out of the the, the realm of possibility that the the people in charge of Google and the Clintons and several other political figures are in the same circle. So jerk circle. Edit edit the jerk circle out bit bit out please. You're just making it hard for Charlie. Yeah. I started out pretty good though, and then I just kind of descended from there. So, what I've found so far on why Google is not considered a monopoly is one of its defenses is, is the fact that its products are free. No one has to use them. Yeah, um, but look at Standard Oil. They drop their prices to to, to astronomical amounts just to, to drive out competition. Yeah. Like that was one of the chief strategies is that no in one a else lo localized area he would drop the. the I remember at one point. Name one search engine that requires you to pay for it. I can't. Exactly. The point being? The point being that Google isn't free so it can drive out its competitors. Its competitors are also free. Well, I mean, how else do they, they, how do they make their money? Right? They make it from ads, right? Ads. Okay, well, they're holding a monopoly on advertising then. And that can still be, no, be they persecuted. No, not. Listen, 91.9% .9 of the market, I don't care if your shit is free, that's a monopoly right there. Because now, nine because only 9% of people are using anything besides Google. Well, not even 9%. And if you control that many people, it doesn't matter if you're making money from it or not. That's a monopoly. And they're clearly making money from it, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. But Lenny, that's what the antitrust fund is about. It's about money. Exactly. It's not about... This whole information control thing, like MSG two. I know, but I'm just trying. To you won't get that. Yeah. Never mind. MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> no, not MK Ultra. I said we bring it back. Um, bring it back. Oh, oh my God, Lenny, Lenny, go. Give me LSD and dump me in a deprivation tank. This is, mm, that don't sound a little bad. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> this would be a horrible trip. Does Google have a monopoly on? Advertising. Let's see what. Let's see what Google says. Well, yeah. <laughs> God dang it! No, but listen. Do you think if 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 ninety one percent of people use Google, why would advertisers go anywhere besides Google? Well, 
uh, Google has a monopoly. Um, technically, that's not illegal. But I mean, that's what I'm saying is that it should be illegal. Organizations like Twitter, like Instagram, that control large amounts of, of, of free of uh, free speech and, and information. That much power in the hands of a few individuals is never a good thing. Yeah. And so there need to be laws and safeguards to be put into place to prevent this and to, to end this. Yeah. Because what we're seeing right now is the beginning of the, the end. It's freaking terrifying, man. Basically, it's terrifying, man. I'm looking at the Washington Post right now, which is already an unreliable source. No, it's not. It's Jeff Bezos' propaganda machine. Oh, fuck. God! Charlie, please edit out me saying, oh, oh, fuck. You please. also said shit earlier while you were talking. He can just bleep that out. All right, can you bleep that out, please, as well? So, on the Washington Post, which yeah. is already unreliable. Yeah. Um, I remember, no, I remember, hold on, before we, before we proceed. All right. Um, <laughs> I remember that Washington Post emailed Elon Musk about something. I can't even remember what. And they're like, so can we, can we please get an interview? And he said, send my regards to your master. I respect Bezos. <laughs> and that was it. That was it. I'm like, I can't tell if that's hilarious or, like, very ominous. Yeah. Like, it's hilarious because it is ominous. Oh, my goodness. I love Elon Musk, man. He's freaking awesome. So, on this excerpt, it says, The question to ask about the government's case isn't, does Google have a monopoly over search? Because the Justice Department has asserted that it does have a monopoly over search. But the real question is, does it care? And then after that, if we do care, can we undo the monopoly without making everyone worse off? Yeah, it's easy. I think I agree with you there, Lenny. But the second question, is search, is search the market? Should we care about it? Without government intervention, the company will probably be able to maintain its overwhelming control. This is this is freaking hilarious. I'm looking at this this Washington Post article, once again owned by Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon for everybody out there. Um, want to save rural America? Bust monopolies. <laughs> Jeff Bezos definitely didn't approve that one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. you know, people were probably gonna tune in because they thought this would be super funny. Yeah. But we haven't cracked very many jokes, have we? We haven't. That's because most of our, our humor is high school humor. Yeah, which is completely, you know, we can't, we can't say any of that. Okay, well, I say we could probably, like, download an unedited copy and post that on public domains and then post the edited version. That's true. On Tiger Talk. We'll do that after the second, first podcast. Yeah. Okay, um, Charlie? Thank you for your, your everlasting patience. Dude, you're, you're fucking awesome. I love you to death. <laughs> love you. I would have a heart attack if it meant that you could have a heart. Okay, like let's say like you lost your heart, right? And you needed somebody to donate their heart. Then he I would give you my heart. Charlie's dick, okay? right? So pretty please. Chuck's dick is already engorged enough. Okay, please, please, like edit, like something, this bit here, this bit I'm about to say at the beginning of the video. Um, Scoop forward, by the way. Got to stay close to the Start. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, I know a lot of you are probably tuning in because you expected a whole bunch of humor from me and Hudson and you know, our, our crazy, wacky, out-there conversations. But uh, we realized very quickly that um, high school humor isn't very uh, high school friendly. So, um... This episode here is going to be, we're going to edit out most of the, the cussing and the, the five-year-old pedophilia jokes. And um, we're, we're going we're gonna to leave the edited version. We're going to post this on, on SoundCloud, R-E-E-S, or R-E-S-S, and um, Spotify. And then the second episode, we will post the unedited versions onto our, our public domains. So that way we have to, to fear not for the repercussions from the school. Because ultimately, since we are posting on a, a school website, we have to be careful with our, our language and, and with the way that we communicate ourselves. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your, your patience. Please tune in for episode two on RES, uh, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I don't SoundCloud. even know what RESS is. RESS is um, 
it's basically like exactly this um some professional I think you need you need to have like something with RESS before you can start to post on Spotify so we'll probably have to post on those two different public domains and then copy it over onto Spotify okay sometime after you can leave that bin in Charlie we don't want to make your job harder love you to death man you're like basically our Jamie except you're not in the room with us who's Jamie from Joe Rogan Jamie fuck. like Jamie look that up Jamie look that up smack the hell out of Jamie you watch too much Joe Rogan. I watch like maybe one episode every other month. Yeah, I tune in for the Jordan Peterson ones. Those are those are always a treat. Jordan Peterson is something else, man. I love him. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Except whenever he's like, like a lot of his like social commentary is pretty interesting. But then he get starts giving out like diet advice. I'm like, no. He's like, I for three months ate nothing but salt. Water and beef. No, <laughs> like, no, he didn't say salt water and beef. He said this he went on a carnivorous diet. Okay, because the, the di- listen, listen. I heard that word for word. Okay, well maybe he was he was <laughs> paraphrasing or his hyperbole. Salt, but what he what he was talking about <laughs> what he was talking about was a um and beef doesn't necessarily mean like steak or ground beef or anything. It just means from a cow. Yeah. And that's the important part because the liver holds a lot of important nutrients intestines all these other bits so you bone marrow you can get all the necessary nutrients um from these meats if you eat specific parts at specific times in specific ways the point is Lenny, that the the day after you're you're gonna paint the town brown (laughs) okay um back to the secret conspiracy theory thing here's what i think right it's not a secret conspiracy i mean it's it's a conspiracy down onto the internet yeah um, Stop I believe, flexing at the blood donors. <laughs> I would like to bring up... Um, I've talked about the Freemasons. I'd like to bring up two different organizations now. No, a couple different organizations. I can't... I'm not going to say the exact number because I could probably remember one of them off the top of my head. But these are these are off the top of my head. Bohemian Grove. Um, Epstein Island. You know, we, we've already kind of touched on that. But that was, even if not a formal organization, a, a group of... Elites all working for a, a single powerful individual who has since been taken care of and dealt with accordingly. Um, the, so, what did I say? I said, okay, um, I the Bohemian Grove, Epstein, Epstein Island, and Skull and Crossbones. Skull of Crossbones, um, if I can remember correctly, and based off of my limited knowledge, um, their, their last member, their most famous member you've all probably heard of is JFK. John F. Kennedy. Hold on, so sorry, what time are we at? Um, we are still at 47 minutes. Okay. Okay, um, talk while I bring up this clip real quick. All right. You were talking about Epstein Island. And he was also talking about Bohemia Grove. Never heard of it. You Probably never... got a lot of Czechs in it. Okay. Maybe a couple Slovaks. No. Maybe a couple Germans. Well, that's the thing is that... Maybe Austrians. <laughs> Maybe some Hungarians. They're also pretty clear. Bohemia should be part of Austria. It's historically has always been classified as a single region, the two connected. Shut up, Lenny. It was the ignorance of of outside forces that split the two. It'd be like the Balkans. It'd be like has to be. It would be like it'd be like if Israel annexed Palestine in the Western Strip. Like yeah, they could, but everybody would be fucking pissed. God damn it. Charlie, I love you, man. This is the sound. I, I know you probably hate me now, but um, if you could please edit out me cussing. Anyway, <laughs> um, Bohemian Grove was started by Mark Twain, and it was originally a, a oh, unique. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, by the way, everything that I am about to say is one hundred percent true. These, I'm only speaking out facts at this point. I'll let you know once I get into the theory bit. But um, Bohemian Grove was, was founded by Mark Twain. I can't remember where. I think it was in Oregon or Washington. And um, its entire purpose was it was an art society, a very classy thing. So lots of music, lots of art. Um, it was also very sexual in nature. Okay. And um, so as time has gone on, at one point, this, this organization, it wasn't even an organization. It was a club. It was a All right. little society, you know, where a bunch of rich people went to. Wine and tea to club. Wine and tea club, exactly. Wine and cheese club. 
I think it's che- better. Uh, cheese, and- cheese and wine go way better together. Than Gentleman's tea. Club. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, at some point, something must have happened because it rapidly transitioned into a, a very cult-like organization. Um, we actually... <laughs> We have footage of um, an individual who was invited to Bohemian Grove. He asked to come. They approved of him. And he actually brought in um, secret cameras and, and all these other things. And um, there was footage and, and eyewitness testimonies of the corpse of this little girl, no older than 14, um, that was ritually sacrificed. So she was already dead. It was This is post-mortem, keep in mind. So... I don't think they're committing any crimes, especially if the girl's parents agreed to it. But um, they, they cut open the girl, and they do like these ritual sacrifice things. Huh. And keep in mind, all these individuals, they're dressed in robes and hoods, and their faces are hidden. Jesus. And um, they all gather around this one giant, like, two-story maybe, like, uh, statue. And it's, it's, it's all made of wood and hay. And they light the thing on fire and begin t- to chant. Now... Are you sure this is real? This is real. This I has been know. 100% confirmed. There are eyewitnesses. There is video footage. There have been several people who have gotten out of the organization that have, have testified to this. All right, all right. Um, and, and listen, nothing they're doing is outright illegal. But when you find out that the billionaire that, that funds your, 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 your search engine is butchering dead five-year-old girls, that's, that's something that raises eyebrows. So this is a lot of uh, individuals. I, I'll, I'll look up. Who is up. the CEO of Google? I don't know. It's some weird Indian name, I think. <laughs> weird Indian name. Well, I mean, weird. By racist. I'm not trying here. to be racist. It's just weird by <laughs> American standards. Sundar Pichai. See, I, I told you it was a unique Indian name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I'd like to play this clip here. It's JFK talking about secret societies. I'm going to hold the speaker of my laptop up to the microphone because we don't know how to do this any better. Oh, hold up. My mic is muted. Secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means. There's the golden word. Conspiracy. (laughs) For expanding its sphere of influence on infiltration instead of invasion on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, 
And from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence in the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Solon decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance. Confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be. Anyway, that's the end of the clip. Wait, so but you know what happened to JFK after making that speech? He had his brains splattered in front of his wife and kids. You know who wasn't splattered? LBJ, who I reserve as the most horrible president possible. And you might be like, Lee, why, why, why would you say that? First off, his I kids mean, weren't there. I mean, no, but they, they watched off, the footage. It was a live event. Second off. You, you could see it on, on your TV. They were watching. There's no way you can connect that speech to that nut job, Oswald. <laughs> and third of all, how is Martin Van Buren not worse than this guy? Uh, LBJ? LBJ, I meant. Okay, I'll get to that in a second. So... Um, right after, because so JFK was actually for a long time a, a member of the uh, Skull and Crossbones organizations, and we actually don't have as, half as much information on them um, as we do, like the Freemasons or whatever, because they're a relatively new organization as far as we know. Yeah. And um, while Roots could run deeper, I, I, I think it's highly unlikely. But um, JFK had long hated the CIA, like despised it fervently. Okay. And he had long hated the FBI as well, and he was actually planning on splitting up them up into like a bunch of different smaller branches, with more diff- with different heads of, of 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 leadership and everything. I mean, the, and the reason he hated the FBI was just because J. Edgar Hoover threatened him with it. I mean, that and yeah, I mean, like they violate like so many rights. I mean, you, you heard about Edward Snowden, right? Yeah. The government can peek into our cameras whenever we want, and there's nothing we can do to stop them. And you know what happens when Snowden exposes that? His First Amendment right goes right out the window, and he gets ex, 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 he gets kicked out to he Siberia. Get, he gets suicided. Exactly. He's in Russia right now. He's actually still alive. See, one of the things is that Edward Snowden also let slip a whole bunch of stuff, regardless of our, uh, not regardless, but not having to classified. Do it. Right. Not having to do with our information as, uh, you know, people of the general public. No, but um, here's what I hold to be true. 
he was gonna do he was gonna make some some drastic decisions. JFK was gonna do some crazy stuff, right? I mean, I think I believe he was a a genuine believer in the civil rights movement. He, he saw the horrible things going on. He was he wished to change that. And so right off the point, that that's a strike. Especially since at this point the Democrats are still a highly racist organization that were still funding a lot of, of KKK organizations. Um, so already he's, he's, he's down a point. That's not something that you want happening. And then he points out that there's a bunch of secret organizations, there's secret societies running around doing things in, in the middle of the night. Subterfuge, he said. And they're manipulating elections, they're manipulating this and that. And he didn't like that. And he understood that. And so he was going to get rid of that. And then you get the fact that he's going to help, dis not disassemble, but weaken or decentralize the FBI and the CIA. And what happens to him? He gets assassinated. And who, what happens to the person that assassinated him? He, too, gets assassinated. And then the person who assassinated the person who assassinated Kennedy, uh, Kennedy he ends up in, in solitary confinement for the rest of his life, where nobody can confirm his existence. That's still far-fetched. No, I think this is no. I, I just said right there. I just said all the facts. Oswald and now here comes the far fetched for the KGB. No, that's this. Who, who told you that? Shit, man. The federal government Sugar. that I just said probably no. killed JFK. No, the KGB themselves told us that. Mm -hmm. They said uh, as soon as based on what information, what information were they operating off of? An official statement. Uh, because um, whenever he was kicked out of the Marine Corps for being crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the precise reason, but it pretty much boils down to that. Mm -hmm. He went to Russia. He went to, I think, Estonia, I think. Went to the Soviet Union. Tried to join the KGB. They said, no thanks. Um, we like our, 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 uh, our agents sane. <laughs> um, and as soon as Kennedy was assassinated, they put out, we are not involved with this guy. He tried to come to us, but we denied him. It's not us. Don't worry. I mean, worry, but it wasn't us. So who's to say he wasn't a deep agent? A deep agent? It wouldn't be that out of, far out of the realm of possibility. A I mean, at this, point, at this point, the Cold War Wait. has reached its peak. Wait. Cuba, the Cuban Missile What is a deep agent? Okay, an agent working for the American government. That's, that's it. It's a secret agent. A spy. Or somebody willing to do missions, dirty work for the American government under, under, under the guise of, of whatever they say. I mean, think about it. It wouldn't be that far out of the realm of possibility. Think, keep in mind that the Cold War, the Soviets are still around, right? Who ordered The Cuban him? Missile Crisis happened. The CIA, the FBI. Organizations that were going to be shut down by, by uh, JFK. And now, let's say the, the FBI, it wasn't the FBI. Or the CIA. They're still skull and crossbones, an organization of which he was a part of, that he was actually at the time trying to distance himself from. All I'm saying is that he made a bunch of powerful organizations angry, and then all of a sudden he gets assassinated, and the person who kills him disappears. I mean, dies immediately afterwards. You can't interrogate a dead body, can you? No. Exactly. I just think you should keep your mind open because these are the type of things that I look at these things, right? And it's like, there's a chance that it's not true, that all the things I'm, I'm just making up things in my head, right? But let's say, worst case scenario, I'm right. Okay. Is it better to, to lay down in ignorance than it is to stand up with knowledge? Better I think that you should... stand up with knowledge. Exactly. I think that even if I'm right, if, even if I'm wrong... It would be safer for everybody to have these connections in their mind. Like, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. These are really strange coincidences. But whatever, they're just coincidences. Yeah. Right? It's better people know about this information, right? And then do with it as they please so that way they can come to the best possible decision, right? Because there are 330 million people in this country. Yeah. If everybody came to, to conspiracy theories with an open mind, right? Not even conspiracy theories, just logically sound theories, right? If everybody looked at, at information with an open mind and came to their own conclusion, one of them is right. And so spreading this information increases the likelihood of there being a correct individual out there. And that's why I'm putting this information out there. And that's why I feel the, the, the compulsive need to, to spout crazy theories, because what if I'm right? What if I'm right? I'm just saying there's a good chance I'm what, correct. What a... Anyway, I want to move on now to LBJ.
who I believe, it is, it is, this is the theory now, was working for the secret societies. I'm watching um, in class right now. This what, how, what's the time? Oh, um, we are an hour and five minutes in. Do you want to cut it here? Yeah, let's cut it here. Okay. Because uh, I still got to go to that demo thing. Okay. Uh, this we, we appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Um, we're sorry if there was a lack of humor in for the the, uh, the uh, amount of, of stuff that had to be cut out. We, we realized that... I don't think the main attraction was the humor. High school humor is, is not exactly correspondent with uh, school regulation. Uh, we hope that you all enjoyed this, this, this first episode. This is our first episode, and we're going to get better from here on out. We're going to move up and, and increase our skills and you know our conversational our abilities. Skills. And uh, thank you for listening. We hope you have a nice day, and please tune in for the next episode. Yes, please. We beg of you. Lynn Horse 2033, vote for me.